We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Star on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. With 14 seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Star lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to rule that he caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Talk of the Tundra. We are coming back to you on Tuesday. You'll hear this this Wednesday morning, but it is a cut day. And we have reactions to some of those cuts and talk about Juwan Winfrey, Jack Heflin, the uh, Micah... Abernathy agenda is thriving, at least for the next 24 hours, hopefully at least. But uh, first things first, I'm joined today by my co-host, Ty Windish. Ty, how are you doing? I'm good. I would be great if everyone listening, go ahead and click subscribe and rate and review. I forgot to tell you this before we went live. We have some reviews coming in. I believe we have one that I will make you read at the end of this pod on there. So. If you're looking to make Numak read, which is something he probably doesn't do enough, make sure to rate and review on (laughs) Apple or you can do Spotify at our great um, Discord forum at gspn.info or Apple Podcasts. We'll just find it. So thank you so much to everyone who's already listening, rating and reviewing. We're obviously just getting started, but picking up steam here. Excited to chat about Cut Day. Some, I would say, minor surprises. I know your, your take... Last time we recorded was, I don't want any big surprises. And I said, hey, Dean Lowry, Dean Lowry, biggest shock (laughs) of the day, Dean Lowry's still there. Dean Lowry escapes. I think he was number 53. I'm I'm kidding. But, um, (laughs) and if you're unaware, on the last pod, that was my, if there had to be a super unexpected cut, no logic behind it, clearly, as as 
based on it not happening. But right. um, I, I want to start with your take on were you majorly surprised by anything coming out of Green Bay? Because it seemed like, you know, not maybe consensus, although people had different ideas of what consensus was. But it right. didn't seem like anything too stunning. But what, what did you think, Numak? Um, I didn't think there were any big surprises. Like everybody who was cut had the like chance to get cut, right? Like there wasn't anybody who we figured as a shoe in that we that got cut. Like when Brian Balaga got cut, like that was not a relatively big surprise for where he was in his career and his role on the Packers. But this year's, I guess, cut class, if you want to go that route, didn't have any of those um those big surprises. The biggest I guess surprise, if you really want to call it that, is rather rather maybe my prediction wasn't correct. Is that they ro- only rostered two running backs in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? I really thought they're going to keep Goodson. I I really thought they're going to keep Tyler Goodson, and they didn't. And instead, they didn't keep Patrick Taylor either. It was sort of about halfway through the day that Tyler Goodson got cut, and the sort of consensus around Twitter and in our Discord, yes, join Discord, gspn.info, fill out the form, please join. <laughs> a lot of fun in there. But uh, the, the the reasoning that was sort of being circulated was that Goody really wants his um, third running back to be a special teamer and a pass-blocking running back, which is what Patrick Taylor is more so than uh, Tyler Goodson. And so to see the end of the day roster not include him isn't i'm not gonna say concerning for special teams because hopefully they figure it out but the fact that they cut somebody who was going to play special teams if he made the roster is interesting i'll say yeah i thought and we ty summers was a couple days ago right yeah he wasn't actually cut he was yeah i think he was either late sunday night or late monday night yeah, so we had known about that. But it is interesting to that point of a couple of guys who certainly that was Ty Summers' thing with special teams. And listen, I don't think anyone has any problems with the Packers diverging from what they used to do on special teams. Not saying the Ty Summers move is a bad move or the Patrick right. Taylor. But it just is interesting, I think, to see a couple of guys who were tabbed as special teamers get cut. It certainly is possible that you know if you listen to this a day or so after it posts – Maybe the Packers have made a move to add another special teams player. I mean, there is the, yep. the you know, in addition to assembling the practice squad on Wednesday, they could also, you know, move, make another move with the 53. We will do another episode to update on anything that does happen like that later this week. Um, but it's just interesting. You know, I think for me, I would agree. Just the fact that there are only two running backs maybe is the most surprising thing out of cut day. I mean, yep. we talked a little bit about Amari Rodgers as a gadget player. He does make the roster. Maybe he picks up a little bit of that. Also a guy in special teams, but less a gunner, I think, and, and more a, a receiver. Maybe, who knows? I, I wouldn't think he'd be a gunner, though. A returner, uh, not a receiver. A returner, excuse me, yeah. Yep. Uh, he is almost everything but a receiver. No, he's a receiver, <laughs> um, Yeah. But, yeah, the the receivers who don't make the, the cut, uh, so to speak, are Jawan Winfrey and Travis Fulgham. I thought this was interesting because those were, I guess, the two guys who we considered truly on the bubble that somewhat had the Rodgers endorsement for different reasons. Winfrey yep. literally had it. And Fulgham is the vet, so to speak, at least in right. that, that bottom of the position group um, yep. um, group of players. So 
What were your thoughts on the wide receiving room? Again, I don't think these two guys getting cut shocked anybody, um, but it was one of those. That was the talking point, especially for Winfrey was, well, we're really hoping they communicated it better right. with 12 this time. Right. And I think I, I might have had Peter Bukowski did the uh, the handshake meme, and it was Jake Kumaro and Joel Winfrey, which is like, I really hope it's not that case so that we don't piss off. Is he on Aaron the Bills again? yet? Do we know if the Bills? We won't know until uh, tomorrow. We'll, we'll, yeah. Tomorrow we'll hear that Winfrey's with the Bills. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be uh, just too much of a, a likeness to, to Jake Kumaro. But no, I'm not too surprised with the receiver room. I, I'm not going to say I disagree because I see... Like I, I see the vision in the fact that if okay they're not keeping a third running back, then you keep a Mai Rogers to be that utility uh player like you had mentioned, the guy at the end rounds reverses this uh jet sweeps, stuff like that. That makes sense. Um watching some film, uh Samari uh Toure. I'm I'm gonna That's what we're going with for now. We're going yeah, we're Someone going with Toure. Please correct us if it's just Tour, but Toure seems to be what yeah. we're going with. So I watched some film on Winfrey and Drew Ray from the Chiefs game, and there was just some like little stuff that I think pushed Drew Ray over the edge over Winfrey. Whether or not that's fair, who's to say? Because like I liked Winfrey in the Saints game versus Rodgers or um, or Drew Ray, but in the Chiefs game when he had his the most run and able to secure that spot, he was beating corners off the break off his route and then would get would allow them to get back into coverage and break up a pass or contest the catch so it might just be little things like that and then since he is a rookie sort of a development project replacing what Winfrey was right because like that's what he was the past few years was a development project and that development really didn't work out um Travis Fulgham I never honestly expected to be on the roster unless there was some sort of disaster at the bottom between Toure, Winfrey, and Rodgers. Because I just think the Packers like keeping more of their own guys in know rather than bets who are, I'm not going to say unproven, because he has gotten run, he has touchdowns, he has yards, and is a veteran. But he's somewhat of a known idea. You know, and, I have an interesting yeah. note on that. Is right. I, I didn't expect this, so I think he believe he has three full or quote unquote full three NFL yeah. seasons. Bill Huber of Packer Central reported earlier today they're actually looking to hoping to bring him back to the practice squad. Which oh really? Yeah, which which maybe they they're hoping by next year or later this year he can be a player who is more familiar to them. But yeah. that that intrigued me because. Like you said, we th- we thought of Fulgham, and I think a lot of people do, as as a vet, but still only the three years of experience. So yeah. if, if that works out, that'd be interesting. I think we mm-hmm. can probably, after we go through all these position groups, talk about if anyone we're worried about not making the practice squad or anything else. Fun right. stat I saw, I forget who, so sorry for not crediting, but since Taysom Hill year, I believe there was also like a defensive lineman to the Cowboys or something. But I think that was 2017 when the Packers, um, he didn't make the cut. That's the last time, that's the last year, I should say, someone got claimed off waivers after cut day from the Packers. It's been a while since they haven't gotten their guys that they wanted to the practice squad. So we'll see if that changes. But I do think, and way later we'll cover this, some pretty interesting players, uh, intriguing, fair to say, around the league were also cut, probably more so than most of the, like, 
you know, right. undrafted guys the Packers fans like, but aren't known commodities like an OJ Howard. So right. um, we, we'll chat more about the logistics and practice squad stuff because as people say, this is bigger than a 53-man roster. Cut day doesn't mean these guys aren't going to be Packers. There right. is just a risk, though. Right. To transition, unless you have anything else on the wide receivers. Um, no. To transition from Packers having nobody picked up off their uh, their cut list in five years or so, that might come to an end this year as uh, the Packers made two cuts to their offensive line grouping with Caleb Jones and Michael Minette. I think Caleb Jones is probably the most sought-after cut player they're going to have, considering how well he was playing. I think a lot of the Packers beat writers had him on the 53-man roster. I think, I'm not going to say all of them, but when I saw he got cut, there was a lot of people like Zach Cruz and, again, Peter Bukowski that were not sad, but disappointed to see that he didn't make it. Again, practice squad candidate, but with considering how difficult it is to find and develop offensive linemen in the NFL, like go ask the bears. It's tough. <laughs> they haven't had a reliable line in a few years. Like I could see them taking a flyer on them or whatever team needs a, a lineman that has somewhat proven in the preseason that he can play and that the tools are there. Right. So they cut Caleb Jones and Michael Manette and instead choose to keep uh, Rashid Walker. Their, their draft pick and the big man I think he's I think he's like six seven three fifty if I'm not mistaken he's he's a large uh offensive lineman to say the least so it's nice to see um him make it considering they did draft him but uh I think it was somebody else on on the beat and made a great point that the Packers kept ten offensive linemen which calls into consideration that they're a little worried about uh, Bakhtiari's and and, and Jenkins's uh, his health to start the year for sure and maintained health throughout the season. Ten and a half, also special teamer in love with the Coco made the roster <laughs> as well. Right. Um, was it Jack? Yeah, Jack Coco. Um, yep. But not. I don't know if really counts as an offensive lineman, but I'm guessing in an emergency could probably play some offensive line considering he's a long snapper. So right. uh, Blue Wire friend Andy Herman, host of the Packaday podcast, would tell you to check it out, but you probably are already very familiar with that if you're listening to Talk of the Tundra. But Andy Herman compiled 53-man roster projections from himself, Rob Domovsky, Ryan Wood, Bill Huber, and Matt Schneidman before cut day really started. So the upsets here, um, Winfrey was on four or five. A few players we'll get to in a second, but Caleb Jones was on three of five. So honestly, right. I thought he would be a little higher given the tools, physical and like skill-wise. But mm-hmm. certainly, you know, I don't think, again, I, that's probably, we're going to say this a lot, not stunning that he was released, but certainly one of those players where you would love to see him stick on the practice squad because I think pretty clearly he would be the next guy up if there was some sort of an injury or issue with any of the other offensive linemen throughout the season. So that is probably going to be our biggest fingers crossed, just given, I think, some real upside, which isn't always true for guys, even if we do like them, on Mm -hmm. cut day, who uh, we're hoping to see on the practice squad. Right. And... I think that's uh, it's, it's such a big thing to keep in mind is since they expanded the practice squad size that a lot of these guys are going to be back, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure 
No, I'm pretty sure the practice squad is now like 16. Oh, no. I was saying th- like 3% of players are actually claimed on waivers. No. No, just like size and ge- size no, in yeah, general. No, yeah, yeah. No, we're saying different things. Like, so yeah. we're, we're agreeing. I'm saying only yeah. like like league-wide, only 3% of players like change team on waivers after cut yep. day. Because obviously right. either you cut one too many on cut day or you have to make another move. And teams, I don't know, teams like to be pretty set unless they see – a pretty intriguing upgrade pretty, out yeah. there or something I'd happens say, that makes them move. Right. I'd say intriguing and significant upgrade. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, you have to, to feel like the player is, you know, well better than someone you have. Right. Like again, Brian Balaga comes to mind when that yeah. happened. Like yeah. he was, he was a, a known commodity. We, you, the Chargers knew what he would, like what was happening with Brian Balaga when they, he got cut from the Packers and then ultimately signed with them. So that's one of the examples. Doesn't happen very often. So, yeah, but the practice squad being 16 means, quick math, nine players are not coming back unless they decide to sign outside an outside player, which a few special teamers, special teamers got uh, got cut. I saw there's one out of New York, the off the Giants, that was pretty good just from going through Twitter, but we'll see. And uh, hopefully Caleb Jones makes it back because you really can't have enough offensive line depth in the NFL. Like it seems that they drop like flies sometimes and they come in waves and Lord knows that the offensive linemen are in the trenches battling every single snap. So there's, you can always have an extra one, really good one that knows your shit. So yeah, especially when both of your premier tackles are dealing or coming back from, I should say pretty serious, very serious injuries. Right. Um, anything else for you? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say then the defensive line kind of in common with the offensive line and that seventh round picks from this season end up making it over other guys battling. So Rashid Walker on the offensive line makes it over Caleb Jones on the defensive line. Jonathan Ford, a player we didn't really talk about, ends up making the 53 and this also the defensive line is similar to the wide receiver or the excuse me, the running back room. Because two players we thought were maybe battling for a spot both get cut in Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton. So, you know, this is one where I think it's tough because I I just don't remember much about Ford from the preseason. Yeah, neither do I. Devontae Wyatt, obviously going to make the team. First round pick, not in the same position as these guys. But it is tough to square because like Heflin and Slayton were – good in preseason and that's yeah why it was was iffy like tools are on display that's a longer term picture so right. you feel for those two guys who I, I don't know how much better they could have played but there mm-hmm. just wasn't a spot at least right now like we talked about certainly i think practice squad a possibility for both heflin right. and slayton but what do you think about the defensive line moves i think it's hard to swallow uh heflin because of what he showed when what we saw like that we talked about it last episode, and we'll talk about it again. That blow up of the running back on third and short was incredible. Fourth and short, or no, those third and short it was third, incredible. I think third. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. It was a great play of shooting the gap where it was presented to him. He didn't like beat anybody. He didn't put. He didn't bulldoze anybody to get there, but he didn't miss a tackle, and that's very important when you get to the backfield. Like if you're gonna get into the backfield and disrupt the play, finish the play, and he did. And so, when it comes to showing out and doing what he's supposed to do, he did it. Like, you really couldn't ask too much of him outside of what he did and what he displayed. 
And so, again, we're going to say it with all these guys, another great practice squad candidate. And when, I won't say if, because it always happens, when someone gets hurt on the defensive line, I'm sure he'll be one of the first ones up to uh, to fill that spot and hopefully get his chance to stay on the roster versus go back and forth. Yeah, definitely think, you know, absolute longest yeah. longest view would be a guy you would expect to have a really good chance if he is on the practice squad all year to then make the 53 next year. But yep. we'll see what happens there. Uh, fun stat, as I mentioned, the seventh rounders from this draft making the cut. The entire 11-player rookie class for the Packers this year all made the first 53. Shouts to yep. Wes Hod, Wes Hodkowitz. Sorry if I got that wrong, Wes. Uh, on Packers.com who included that note. Yep. And a really, I want to give a shout-out here. Really good post-slash look at the, the cuts and who made it and everything on Packers.com. Really great, useful stuff there that we certainly uh, will be referencing as we go through. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Where do you want to bounce next? I think before we bounce on, I want to talk about or I want to like expound a little bit on. Yeah. A lot of the reason Heflin didn't make it is because of their depth. Yeah. Right. The Packers have a really interesting roster right now is that where they have depth, they have it like they they're really deep um, on offensive line. They're really deep on defensive line. Wide receivers, I'm not mistaken, they kept eight. Is that right? Uh, seven. Sorry. Seven, they kept seven. Yeah. Seven receivers, two or ten offensive linemen. So ideally you're going three strings deep at wide receiver. You have a backup at ideally each position except for center. I think the only I think Josh Myers was truly the only center they kept the rest were guards and tackles. But and then the linebacking core is again very, very I was saying, uh, inside deep. linebacker especially. Like I Chris Barnes yeah. is a guy who it's always just in flashes, but I every time I see a Chris Barnes play, I right. go, Oh, that was a, a nice play. And I think we both liked McDuffie in the preseason too. He made the roster. So right. definitely think their interior linebackers, that's like a you, you don't see that many groups of right. four that are that solid these days, especially when it's really hard to play linebacker, interior right. linebacker in the NFL. And so the Packers have depth at those, at those positions, right? But the other side of that coin is that they don't have depth at some of other places, like uh, the secondary cornerback and safety they're really thin at, along with the edge. And so to jump now, 
to our next talking point with uh, the secondary. Uh, Sean Davis cut due to a knee injury um, that I think was sustained and sent either, I'm pretty sure, between now and the Chiefs game. Uh, I'm not mistaken, that he played in the Chiefs game. And so he is cut or weighed in under the injury clause. And as such, uh, my biggest uh, biggest player I wanted to see make the roster, Micah Abernathy makes the, makes the team, makes the initial roster, I should say. Uh, USFL player who was, I think, tied for ninth, if I'm not mistaken, um, in tackles in the USFL this past spring. And Ty, if you have it up, or if I, I can find it quick, and we can install the, the West Hod tweet from how many days he had between I think it was making 26 this days. Yeah. Uh, this was shared again in the Discord. Yep, West Hod. Oh, sorry, 20 days. 26 was the the prior record. So the the stat here is the fewest days on the Packers before cut day and making the roster. So this is significant yeah. because as we talked about, NFL teams don't like to upset the apple cart, right? You got right. your guys, you like your guys, maybe you bring in some players late, and it's just such an uphill battle for them. The injury certainly helps, but Abernathy, according to Wes Hod, it, this is how he put it, which is smart because the Packers have played football for 100 years. Couldn't <laughs> find a player uh, without an accrued NFL season who made the 53 out of camp in less time than Micah Abernathy's 20 days. So basically less than three weeks, he comes to Green Bay, impresses enough, takes advantage of the opportunity, and now he's on the 53-man roster. Yep. And I think... That's just one. It's an incredible story. I really, I well, I'll put it this way. I hope I don't see him as much as we need to for injuries and such. But I'd really like to see him succeed when he's given chances because, uh, I think he's a baller. Between the Saints game where he had the interception and getting held on a pass interference call that didn't get called in the Chiefs game where he almost would. Intercepted it and probably took it to the house for like 98 yards. He's got an eye for the ball and he's just a ball hawk and hits with purpose and makes tackles. And I think that that's really what this defense needs. I watched way too many Dom Capers era offenses, offenses, or I'm sorry, defenses that did not like to wrap up when they tackled. It was just, I'll hit you with my shoulder and hope you don't keep your balance. And I think that's the biggest difference that's, I guess, easier to spot in this this defense is that they like to wrap up and actually make tackles. And that's right where uh, Mike Abernathy lots in. So really glad he made it. Yeah. I really hope he gets some runs um, and some either blowouts, hopefully going our way, <laughs> and can show out that he belongs in the NFL and earned his chance rather than just making it versus uh, because of an injury. This strikes me as a guy who could make a lot of hay on special teams too for some of yep. those same, maybe not the eye for the ball, but wrapping up, you know, being able to execute open field tackles, like that's gunner stuff. And I think certainly, you know, again, I still think the, Sean Davis seemed like he was pretty in line. Always unfortunate to lose a spot due to injury. And hopefully he's able to recover and, and bounce right. back better than ever. But Mike Abernathy is certainly feels like a guy who could fill some of that special teams void and help yep. turn that unit around, which honestly could be a bigger contribution than – being the third safety on defense, if he can be one of the best few special team players <laughs> this year, we'll see. We'll see how much he plays there. But you'd certainly assume he would. Uh, he would have a spot. I, I like your point about just the depth at different positions because it is a good way to look at it. Like if Jack Heflin, and it's a hilarious visual, 
But if Jack Heflin is a cornerback, <laughs> I, I think he pretty clearly makes it, right? And obviously, right. he'd have to be a much different player. But, you know, is a cornerback who shows out like he did at defensive line, it's an easier battle for him. And I think, you know, the Packers, their first three corners, it looks great with Jair Stokes and then Razul Douglas. But then Kayshawn Nixon, Shamar John Charles, just like it's we'll tough. say unknowns to be generous. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if there was a guy like a, a Heflin at corner position, that yeah. maybe then it's easier to make the roster. Yeah, defensive tackle, offensive line, just stack positions for Green Bay. Right. And I think that's the secondary is a place where they just can't afford an injury this year, like a, like a long injury. Obviously, you're going to have injuries week to week where someone may sit out for a game or out for a quarter, et cetera. But, yeah, the secondary is thin. But like you said, Jair, Eric Stokes. Russell Douglas, and then that's uh, safety, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. That's that's tough. And so I think their nickel and dime defense is going to be really interesting. Whether they like who is their nickel corner or who is their their dime corner, or if they throw somebody one of their inside one of their better inside linebackers that are good at downfield coverage as their their nickel guy or as their dime corner in quotes. So it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see how. Uh, how this defense plays throughout the year and how they navigate these injuries because there's going to be injuries that's we'll knock on all the way we can but it's just the way football is right it's a, it's a tough sport to not get have some sort of significant injury um in every year so um any else you want anybody else you want to talk about um on the defensive side that got cut i don't think i do everybody else maybe we can talk a little bit about chris slayton just like it's tough he'll make the practice squad i think and yeah Again, like Teflon, will probably be back next year for, for his chance to, to make the team. Yeah, I think, I guess, uh, outside linebackers, Kobe Jones and Ladarius Hamilton. Um, again, it's it's such a stat group with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary headlining it. I don't have any specific take here, but just, you know, some cuts had to be made. You're not going to bring seven outside linebackers in, into the right. season. So those two guys don't make the cut. And then inside linebackers, Already mentioned Ty Summers, also Ray Wilborn there. Again, not not anything too specific. I think you know these are really kind of the minutia of moves, and certainly nothing nothing too surprising there. I do want to talk about special teams. I told mm-hmm. you I had a fun stat. So this is actually probably should have done this earlier because it's some have said the biggest news, true news for the Packers out of Cut Day was that Mason Crosby is off the pup list. So. Expected yep. to continue to not miss any starts ever and ever. play play against the Minnesota Vikings on that mm-hmm. opening week, which means, unfortunately for him, Ramiz Ahmed was released as part of the cuts. Perfect with the Packers in the preseason. Did not miss a kick. And as you mentioned with Abernathy, kind of some fun USFL storylines this year. Uh, that also is where... Ahmed kind of made a name for himself with the Pittsburgh Maulers. And noteworthily enough, we are talking about the record holder for longest USFL field goal. That is Ahmed. He made a 61-yarder against the New Jersey Generals. Longest USFL kick in history. Also, one of these guys who was at like his third college didn't play football at any of them until he walked (laughs) on at a tryout and first just did kickoff so 
really cool story here, and yeah. I will certainly be rooting for Remiz Ahmed and hope that he's honestly would be a great Packers squad guy for the Packers if or practice squad if nobody does pick him up, which yeah. I don't know how bad teams need kickers. He was impressive. Yeah. But that would be a great backup if Crosby did have another issue, considering he came in and made all the kicks. Right. I couldn't tell you how often teams keep kickers on their practice squad because that's true there is a budgeting issue from the packers side there right and it's mostly just like how often does your kicker get hurt yeah that you that you need a practice squad kicker and that you can't just go sign a kicker yeah there are there's always so many you know oh that's a solid kicker we'll bring him in right just somebody who you know has been around the league for a few years and just bring him in for a tryout during the week and let whoever wins the tryout kicking for the injured replacement so if they keep him, that may be fine because they're well. Let's back up. If they keep him, I think they're way more worried about Crosby's injury than they lead on. Crosby's maintained through camp that he's expected to play week one, and he's on slate to do that. But I think if they keep uh, Ahmed on the practice squad, I think that shows a little more hesitancy in their ability to go sign a kicker, and that they want him ready in case something does crop up with Crosby's injury. Uh learning moment for me i did not know mason crosby was only 37 yeah, i thought I he know. was i thought he was closer to 45 than he was 30 i i looked up his age because i was gonna counter and i i just didn't think about the limited practice squad spots so yeah maybe maybe it's not worth keeping the kicker but you know maybe they keep him because they see him as a crosby replacement down the line right but kickers play till <laughs> they're mid 40s really easily <laughs> So I, I don't know if they're going to keep him on the practice squad for eight years to right. replace Mason Crosby. Hopefully he can continue kicking I well think, for that uh, one. I think my my misunderstanding and how old Crosby was is comes from the fact that he's had a full head of gray hair for like four years. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't look like he's had if, if unless again COVID time kind of puts us in the perspective of I don't I couldn't tell you last time I saw Mason Crosby with a full head of brown hair like he had but. It seems like he's had gray hair for a very long time. And so he... Uh, this might be a kicker thing. He turned, yeah, he turns 38 uh, on Sunday, I believe, Saturday. Oh, good for, uh, happy happy yeah, early Saturday. birthday, Mason Crosby. That's fun. Happy early birthday to Mason Crosby. Please I, be healthy. I think this is a kicker thing because I saw a video of Justin Tucker getting his son a picture with Lamar Jackson. It was very cute. But Justin Tucker looked pretty old in the video. I just looked it up. He's 32. <laughs> he turns 33 in November. So yeah. something about kicking. Maybe all the stress. I don't know. I'll say maybe it's probably all the stress. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the stress and all the repetitive movements they do is just it wears on them. Yeah. But good news for, for Mason Crosby for sure that the injury did end up hopefully you know not, not being as long lasting as, as we might have feared. One last right. thing we should probably touch on, although certainly I, I wouldn't call it a surprise. Packers going with two quarterbacks this year. Danny Etling uh, did not make the roster. Yep. We've seen them roster three before. Personally, I find that an affront to team building because yep. just can't imagine you have three guys that are really all worth keeping and kind of yeah. similar to kicker, right? Like there's NFL capable quarterbacks. Well, there's end of the roster capable quarterbacks bouncing around everywhere. Obviously right. not a bunch of guys you'd want to play. But a bunch of guys that you'd probably feel as good as Danny Etling if you have to put them in the game. Right. I think the the base argument works sort of the same because of, like what you said, that there's always 
I don't know why, but Jason Campbell like pops into my mind for end of the bench quarterback so you can just pick up off the street. But I think having a practice squad quarterback helps a lot for your backup because point. they're the like they're managing the game, right? Like they need to know the offense and they need to know the situations in which Matt LaFleur's offense runs in order to succeed. And bringing somebody in off the street who only has four five days to get to know the offense versus Danny Etling, who if he does come back to the practice squad, he likely will, knows the offense and has had the offseason to look at it. He's going through it in camp. He went through it in the preseason and has all this invested time to pick up where Rodgers and Love, again, knock on wood, would leave off should they get injured. So it's not something you really want to think about, but I think if that worst case scenario happens, they'd keep Etling on the practice squad and have him be probably the starter and then bring in somebody off the street to compete against him just to make sure that his talent is above what they can get off the street. And that, that the difference in knowing the playbook and ability that that gap isn't, significant between Danny Etling and whoever they'd sign. So. Well, and, and in a less extreme scenario, too, he would also, like if Jordan Love missed some time with whatever, he yeah. would be much, pref- it would be preferable to bring him up from the practice squad versus trying to bring somebody in and have them, again, you you, you hope to not see any, any QB injuries, much less both guys, but right. you certainly if there is one or the other hurt, you do want someone you trust there to step in in case something were to happen with the other one. Or again, a positive right. blowout. That, that'd that be a fun time to see Danny Etling. Right. Exactly. So, um, Anything else in the Packers roster you want to talk about? We're going to talk about a little bit about what happened across the league. Um, I don't think so. I think, again, you know, the two running backs thing, we'll, we'll see on there. And, and maybe yeah. we can we can touch on some pretty good running backs released around the league. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that they would look to add one, like, at this stage in the season? So no, because the the keeping the two running backs part is problematic because Kylan Hill is hurt. Kylan Hill is hurt right now. He's on the physically unable to perform list. So I think he has to miss the first four weeks of the season. I think once he gets back, they'll keep him and they'll cut somebody. Probably somewhere where they have depth. So I'd probably first look at inside linebacker or offensive line. But um, I think once Kylan Hill is healthy, he'll be the third running back. And so it's it's a tough thing to navigate, right? Like we don't want to have depth issues at running back when we have the two we have right now. But I think that they won't go out and sign a, a running back off the street because they have Taylor and Goodson who can they can sign they can sign to the practice squad and then bring Kyle and Hill back as the third stringer once he's healthy. I think uh, I I think I agree there. I don't think it's part of some grand move, especially I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Forgot to mention uh, Hill on the pup list currently. Yeah, so I that, also forgot to mention it. So yeah, so that <laughs> I think definitely played a role in only quote unquote only having two, which maybe right. it's not even not even true. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can just get through those first four weeks with the running back room healthy, and then bring yeah. Hill back in at least four weeks. I guess should say. right. Yep. Okay. So, other big moves across the NFL. I think the first big one um, of the day was the Saints uh, having to pay the Pied Piper for all of their salary <laughs> cap jumping uh, and trading 
uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles for a fifth-round pick next year in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024. They just, they just, they didn't even get two picks. They moved up from six to seven. They had to send a seven with oh, okay. Chauncey oh, that's right. over yep. to the Eagles. You know, for people who don't, I don't want to get into the whole thing now because we're recording late at night, but I am technically a Saints fan. Uh, coming back into the fold with the Packers here for the pod, and honestly, I've gravitated toward them over the last few years anyway. Uh, but just like, there are two trades when you look at them together with the Eagles, and I tweeted about this, but this summer, the, the one before the draft, they literally handed the Eagles the picks to get A.J. Brown. They handed yep. the Eagles Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and for their trouble, they got an extra. They got two firsts, basically, that they used on Trevor Penning and to move up for Chris Olave. And the Eagles also got a future first and a future second. So the Saints get... You know, we'll see how Trevor Penning, if he's he's hurt now, that's not on the Saints. But if he can stop fighting right. teammates long enough to be a good player <laughs> and Alave, he may he might be good. We'll see. Uh, I but think he's going to be very good. We'll see. He might be yeah. for sure. But they, they both of those guys need to be good for all that the Saints oh, yeah. gave up. So, oh, no, absolutely. Just a wild bit of team building from New Orleans there. Um, I think, I yeah. It is makes me wild, glad I'm going to be more tuned into the Packers is my last thought <laughs> on that. I don't love the direction New Orleans is heading in. Right. I, I do think that it is comeuppance for all of the draft. Or, I'm sorry, the salary gymnastics that they did to get their cap manageable. So you can only, I guess, play around that for so long until you need to make some changes. And clearly that time has come. So, but yeah, that was sort of the first big do is that that trade had happened. Yeah, and I think the the real takeaway there from a Packers perspective, get my Saints stuff out of the, out of here, my baggage, my Andrew Snyder baggage. <laughs> the Eagles, though, the Eagles are going to be a problem, I think. Yeah. Like a problem for other teams. Um, the NFC certainly much lighter than the AFC, but I think you kind of have to, in my opinion, pencil in Philly as one of the teams that – you know, should be pretty damn good this season that the Packers will have to contend with. I, I thought before this they were the best in the NFC East. You know, I think the Cowboys didn't do anything. The other two teams kind of eh. So certainly seems like the Eagles are poised to get back to the playoffs again after they did last year too, but right. and be more dangerous there. Yeah, the Eagles, I think that that division will be an Eagles-Cowboys race to see who wins it. I'm not mistaken. Uh, the NFC East hasn't had a repeat uh, division winner in forever. Like, yeah, it's a really long time. It's a really long time. Uh, one that's <laughs> since two thousand four. That's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, since two thousand four, which is like Donovan McNabb's uh, Eagles, and th- there three, has not been three Super Bowl winning teams. In that span, yeah, Giants two, twice, two Giants and, the Eagles and an Eagles. So yeah. how do you, I mean, okay, the Eagles only won once, but how if you're the Giants, you win two Super Bowls in that span, but not win the division in back to back years? Wild card. That's <laughs> it was yeah. wild card. It was wild card both times. It was for yeah. I was gonna say you could do it without winning the division in back to back years, but for them, it, yep. it they really didn't need to win it at all. Yeah, those two thousand and. Seven, they beat the Patriots the first time. So seven and... Oh, what 11. was the second one? 11. 11. It was 11. 
Well, no, no, I'm sorry. No, Packers were 11. Saints were 10. 12. No. So, yeah. They, it, the Packers won the Super Bowl February 2011. 2010 season. 2010 season. So, yeah, Saints won 2009 season, but in 2010. Okay, yeah. Right. That's what I thought. So, um, the. I guess, no, it looks like the Giants did win in 2000, their division in 2011. So. Wild card in the NFC East winner, but either which way, yeah. That 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 to get back on track here. Yeah, yeah. That division is volatile. They they don't like being consistent. They don't I like know. having. It, that's crazy. I might okay. put in a future just for the Commanders <laughs> to win, just because that's how that division works. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't believe in Carson wins, but that wouldn't be a bad bet. This based on history. Yeah. And so other, other big names. Yeah. She cut right out of it. OJ Howard, tight end, yeah. cut by the Bills. So. What was there any Mike Gusecki resolution besides the Dolphins just keeping him? I saw a couple people floated him as a potential shocking cut. He was not cut, I don't think. Doesn't look like he's going to get traded. Um, so, but there was. I mean, OJ Howard is a pretty good tight end on the market. Yeah. Again, this doesn't feel like the Packers, unless they're forced to because of an injury or something, will right. go after any of these players. I don't know if they're that degree, but OJ Howard, one who will, I think, get some interest around the NFL. Right. He was victim to an offense that was allergic to throwing to their tight ends in Tampa and was hoping to find a new home in Buffalo and didn't. So I think he'll find he'll find somewhere like tight ends not named Gronk. Credits not named Gronk, right. Um but he he was there before Brady yeah. and Gronk too. So like he wasn't helped by Jameis and wasn't helped by the previous coaching staff. Um there in his development, but he's talented. He's big. He can play tight end. And so the injury didn't help him last year when he got, I think he tore his Achilles, if I'm not mistaken, but again, might be wrong. But he'll find some run. He'll find some run somewhere. And uh, I don't think it'll be the Packers. They have their four deep at tight end right now. Speaking of big and talented, 2021 17th overall pick. Alex Leatherwood released by the Raiders. Pretty disastrous rookie season. They had to move him from tackle to guard. Really just was not good. Yeah. Decent, decent run blocker from what I heard. I believe credit the PFF NFL podcast guys for this. Specifically the Daily, I think they talked about this. Um, But okay run blocker, really bad pass blocker, which is really rough considering I think he was always on the right side of the line and you really shouldn't be able to be that bad of a pass blocker at right guard. But still, the Raiders overdrafted him. Still like a second-round consensus prospect when he was picked. Yeah, Would not surprise me for a team to take a flyer on him. I saw this was just like a Twitter speculation thing, but would be like a kind of interesting like shooter-shoot move from the Packers to bring him into their offensive line system and see if they can yeah. reclaim him. But I, I the just, practice squad, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I, I don't know if there's there would be any room on the fifty three given yeah. how poor no. he was and how deep yeah. they are at that position. They would promote Caleb Jones before they sign before they right. brought him up from the private squad should they sign him. But yeah, I think <laughs> maybe laugh today is uh Ian Rappaport tried to be like I guess I don't want to say speculative, that's not the right word. Tried to make jokes essentially with the news that uh Alex Leatherwood got waived and he, he says quote they try to trade him to everyone got 32 no's and somebody said all right who said no twice 
because obviously 32 is the entire NFL. Yeah. The Raiders, the Raiders didn't say no. Yeah. So clearly a slip up in the math, but like <laughs> the the idea that they called somebody twice, like no, we already said no. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot us. Well, right. Same situation. A guy who actually didn't get cut. Did you see the? I forget who tweeted it. Somebody said the Jalen Rager trade buzz was heating up. <laughs> it, it, didn't, it was not heated. He's still so, on the Eagles. Um, it was not heated, and I think I saw somebody say that they, the Packers could trade for uh, Jalen Rager for a uh, bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> I, my, so my, then the, the beat writers got into a little discussion on what is the best uh, <laughs> Doritos flavor. It's Cool Ranch. That is the end of the discussion go on yeah so the, what's the spicy one the less common one spicy nacho is better Pretty than good. nacho cheese yeah, yeah nacho yeah. cheese is like the third best nacho cheese but, is a little kid flavor when i was yep, eight i loved nacho right. cheese but you, right. you evolve as a human getting the like the dorito the cool ranch dorito that was stuck in the seasoning uh part too oh. long where it's just like totally coated and all the uh the seasoning is like I don't like food. that. That's too. That's probably what I didn't like them as a kid. Real story. I ate a expired Baby Ruth one time. I haven't eaten one since. The nuts go to Baby Ruth, and that's a <laughs> bad time. But uh, my take on Jalen Rager was trade buzz is heating up. Means teams are calling and offering or asking for worse picks from Philly to take him off of their hands. Like yeah. that's that's the trade buzz. Like oh, we'll just take a sixth, and you can trade us Jalen Rager. But obviously, he was not moved. Well, yeah, that, well, that's like that's what's still con- confounding about the the NFL and like pieces that they uh, they do for trades. Like players get traded for just late round picks. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, right? Exactly. Like, that's I understand a that perfect they, example. They, they maybe can't pay him, but I still think there should be more value than basically a fifth and moving up around at the very end of the draft. Right. Uh, a couple of skill position guys. You know, I don't. Don't even know if these guys will all find spots, but Josh Gordon, who all the reports were really positive out of Kansas City, but yeah. not positive enough for him to make the team. I Sony Michelle. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. Just Sony Michelle. I think maybe the most interesting running back. A lot of running backs. That's the thing about the running back environment now in the NFL. So many guys get released who you're like, oh, I remember he had this season or he carried my fantasy league for a year, you know, in 2017. And Sad, these guys out of jobs now. And Duke Johnson cut by the Bills. Another one of those guys who it's like, oh, yep. Duke Johnson. But recognizable maybe, name, not yeah. so much talented. Still talented, doesn't have a spot on some rosters anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, to go through that list, I don't think Josh Gordon gets somewhere signed right away. If there's a significant injury to somebody to a team's core, he might get signed. But it's just it's tough to predict what he's where he's going to go, what he's going to do because. It's there. It's just, it's. Uh, I think every team has taken on the fly around, essentially, not literally, but figuratively. Tony Michelle might get it run somewhere, like you had mentioned before we started recording. Uh, really good year last year, a couple hundred yards, I think, just short of a thousand, four touchdowns. So he's still capable of producing. Just, I think you said you got cut from Miami, who has a stacked, I should say stacked, a loaded, uh, running back room with Miles Gaskin. Uh, Chase Edmonds, the former Arizona Cardinal, and Raheem Ma- Mostert, who is the uh, old 49ers backup. So they're going to have a extreme running back by committee down there, and I think he was just the last one cut. So Duke Johnson, I think he's near the end of his career. We'll see. My, I think 
probably most likely that Michelle ends up being the first guy teams who have an injury call. I'm not sure if yeah. he's going to get a spot as early as this week, but like the Ravens situation from last year, he's probably yeah. the first guy teams look to bring in. So would expect yeah. he does end up on a roster before we get too deep into the season. I had a thought pop into my head. Is Adrian Peterson still on the team? I'm going to say yes. Um, I could be wrong. Play like Jeopardy music or something While you here. Look, two Vikings he's who got cut. Not, it looks oh, like. Oh, he's not. Not according to NFL.com. Doesn't say a player thing or anything. So that might be one again where it's like a COVID time thing. Because I remember thinking, oh, he's still playing. I didn't expect that, but I guess not not so much anymore. Uh, yeah, he barely played last year across two teams, rushed for less than 100 total yards. He also got picked up for a domestic violence incident in February, so he might be done. Fine by me. Fine by me. Uh, last two names on this. Let's say I've got an SB Nation list of the biggest names on cut day. James Dator, or Dator, so shout out to James. A couple of Vikings, Kellen Mond, who, you know, when your team has to trade a late-round pick to get, ah, uh, what's, now I'm blanking on his name, from the Rams' backup quarterback, formerly, I believe. Brad Hundley? No. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, no, I'm totally Oh, blanking. sorry. That was Ravens. You said Rams. W- uh, Wofford. Wofford? I'll look it up. Uh, but when All your right. team has to trade for, they draft you decent what, third round pick like two years ago, and they have to trade a late round pick just to have a decent backup quarterback. It's probably not a good sign for your long term shot of making the league. So sucks right. for Kellen Mond. Yeah. And then Wyatt Davis, more interesting probably, an offensive guard, another 2021 third round pick for the Vikings. So. I think, again, Wyatt Davis, interesting, but certainly not a position the Packers are going to need to bring in. Right. Um, anything else to talk about, Ty? I think we went through uh, a lot of the cuts today, a lot of the big news. Um, with it's Nick Mullins. The, Don't know what the name oh, is. Oh, Nick Mullins. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, traded yeah, for yeah. Nick Mullins. Yeah. I, I, like, the Wofford name sounds familiar, but that's a college, so maybe that's why my brain's, like, light bulbing. But yeah, Nick Mullins was <laughs> the, the third stringer that got some run, but he's like surprised everybody by being somewhat decent. But yeah. Anything else you want to uh, talk about? Because you ran through a lot today. Yeah, I think, you know, feeling the same way about the Packers roster, good group. Yeah. I mean, we still have the wide receiver questions. I think we won't, because in large part because of the Christian Watson injury, doesn't play at all in the preseason. <laughs> we, we'll need to see some real games to have yeah. answers. We'll, we'll get some stuff from, from you know, practice, I'm sure. Yep. Great, great beat reporter situation there, but uh, really excited for week one. And can we tease what we're planning for later this week a little bit in addition to any updates on roster moves? Yes. Before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to all the Packers beat, beat writers. They yeah. did a, they do a really good job. Like, it also is really cool as I like, got a side note of how much they like like each other. It seems like yeah. they all have so much fun on Twitter. Like, give each other. I think it was Andy, it was Andy Herman again was going through all the cuts today and was like sourcing where each one came from. So like that yeah. was they respect each other. They did. They always do really great, really great work again, really great work for cut day and keeping all of us fans up to date. So thank you to you guys for doing that. If you are listening, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, come on the but, show too, please. Yeah. Come on the show, please. Andy, <laughs> I'm talking to you, buddy. Um, 
But yeah, later this week we will do a a uh, preview of the Packers season. We'll go through the schedule, take a look at the games that intrigue us most. There is a Sunday night uh, football game against the Eagles in there. Mm. Um, so I'm not That's mistaken, it was Sunday. List. It is Sunday, yeah, Sunday on NBC. So it's week 12, uh, right after Thanksgiving. So the we'll go through the schedule and what we sort of predict. We'll do a season prediction and just talk about themes that we hope to see and expectations. Yeah. I'm really excited for, for that one to look ahead to this season in more detail. Now that we know the 53 man group that the Packers are going to be rolling with. And by that time, we'll also have a pretty good, pretty good idea of the practice squad too. Although, yeah, you know, now that we're past cut day, I'm not sure how much cut day stuff will come up. Hopefully not too much. Cause it usually yeah. means something bad happened. Um, but yeah, excited to shift focus now to more starters and, and look ahead to the season, which should be an interesting one to be absolutely safe with word choice. Right. It'll be, it'll be something <laughs> is what we'll go with. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager for, uh, for it to start. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, 11 days until the, the season starts for the Packers. Obviously the Bills, I think, face the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's week that's that's the Thursday night game. That's a the good Thursday. that's a surprisingly good opening game. I know. I I'm really excited for uh for week one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check that because I don't wanna lead our listeners yeah, astray. Don't misinform. Lead lead you astray to make us so excited for the uh for the opening waiting now night for game. Jets Giants Subway <laughs> series to open up. It is Buffalo at okay. uh, L.A. So it was, for sh- it was L.A. for sure because they were Super Bowl winners. But yeah, yeah, it is Buffalo. So that'll be a really good possible uh, Super Bowl preview. So, But hopefully not. Hopefully it's, uh, yeah. it's Packers one. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Before we go, we do have a review. Oh, I'm yeah. told. Yeah, I sent I'm it to you. At it. You got it? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's from... Uh, I'll read it first, but I'm pretty sure it's, so it's underscore R underscore E underscore J underscore. I'm going to call him Reg. Yeah, that's wrong. Please come to the discord and yell at me and tell me and pronounce your name wrong. Uh, five star review. Please go to gspn.info. Leave your five star review on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get uh, your podcast. Send, us, send it to us and we will read it on air. Just like Reg is here who says another stellar pod from the GSPN team. Widely considered the best podcast crew in the business. They're already my go-to source for Bucks and Brewers info, so I know this is going to be the best and most entertaining way to keep up with the pack. Thank you, Reg, for your words of encouragement and your review. We really appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to read more of these five-star reviews. Yeah, it, it's always fun when people get goofy with them, but I will say, as you <laughs> now know, the warmth of a very nice five-star review, it's kind of unmatched, so... Uh, we will need some fun and goofy ones, though. We can't yeah. let Newmark's ego get out of control. You know, oh, what's rookie wrong with of the that? Year, rookie of the year campaign here. I guess battling <laughs> Andrew, although he seems like a grizzled vet already with what the Brewers have put him through this season. Quick reminder to check out Talk of the Tundra. You know, uh, this is Talk of the Tundra. Quick reminder to check out Cruising <laughs> for a Bruising for your Milwaukee Brewers coverage as they chase a wild card spot. Things are getting heated. And if, if you're really a big Numak guy or, or girl, person, <laughs> you'll want to check out the next – I believe the next episode we're expecting you to debut. Is that secret? Can I say that? Uh, I don't 
think it's public, but if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you can listen to me tomorrow, probably on Thursday. We talk about the recap of the Pirates and uh, and the Brewer series. For the love of God, I hope they win that. Hope they have a series <laughs> win tomorrow. I went to the game Tuesday night, and it was the vibes were the opposite of immaculate, horrendous, some might say. But uh, I'm really hoping to get my six dollar ticket and six dollar <laughs> food, get your food free voucher. Water. Your free water. Check Can't the, beat that. Check the concessions. Fuck or five thirty nine for a water at Miller Park. <laughs> Tune uh, into cruising for the bruising to hear me yell about yeah Mark Antonazio on ownership. There we go. How, who wouldn't want to check that out? Of course, <laughs> we've got the Bucks Pods Eurostep Podcast Network Bucks feed with Eurostep one in six and make time for this. Our everything else pod new show on the rehearsal yep. should be up now. Uh, Andrew and Adam doing a ton there, but there will be plenty of other stuff. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to Talk of the Tundra. We've got a lot of stuff. Go to gspn.info. To keep track of it all. But that's all we've got for today. So Numak, sign us off, buddy. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back at you with another episode later this week. And uh, thank you, Ty. Thank you. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.